How's everybody doing tonight? You doing good? All right. In case you, in case you hadn't picked up on all the little cues, we're we're talking about the coolest toy ever and the rootinest, tootinest, straightest shooting cowboy sheriff in all the West tonight. Toy Story Three. Woohoo! Anybody seen the movie? Yeah, yeah, pretty good movie, pretty good movie. Well, um, if you're new with us, then you have caught us right at the end. This is, this is the final week of E3 at the movies. And so what I wanted to do for you was just give you a little bit of a recap as to some of the things that have been going on. Um, so we, we kicked off the series with, with Robin Hood, uh, and Pastor Mark shared about that. You remember that guy? Pastor Mark? Yeah, yeah. Um, he will be back. August 1st. Um, he's on his, on his sabbatical right now, and um, he's, he's coming up with a lot of interesting ideas that he's, that he's shooting back to us. Um, but anyway, Robin Hood, um, and really the, the theme of Robin Hood and the, and the question that came out of that was this question of, of will, will you? Will you take on the identity of the Son? Will you take on the identity of Jesus Christ to create a buffer between the people in your lives, them, and their oppressor? Will you be a conduit of grace and mercy to step into their lives and, and be the tangible hand of Christ? And then he asked another question, kind of an extension of that of, all right, where have you suffered in your life? What do you call suffering? And where has that suffering actually prepared you to step into this place of ministry to be that buffer, to help people uh, on their spiritual journey. Then we, we went into Shrek 4, and, and Pastor Mark again shared with that, and this whole idea of, this whole truth of, of people are not impositions in our lives. People are, are not detractors to our effectiveness or to our efficiency, but, but really we have to view our interactions with people as, as a source of, of God refining our lives and us being able to speak truth into their lives and, and share love with them unconditionally. And the church is really the training ground. This space, the things that we do, a, a Sunday gathering, a growth group, these are, this is the training ground for how we begin to, to engage that transformation in the world around us. And that love demands sacrifice. Remember Pastor Mark shared, selfishness is the roadblock to sharing that love. Selfishness is the roadblock to that sacrifice. Then Pastor Eric shared with Prince of Persia, talking about just those times in our life where we wish we could turn back time, where we could reset the regret, where we could go back and make a decision over again, where we could put a little bit of redemption and salvation into our lives and just say, I want to change that. I want to do over on that one. Give me a mulligan. And these are, the, these are some of the things that he, he shared with us. And then Blindside, really about creating a God story, creating a good story. And we asked the question, am I good? Talking about that, that section out of Matthew chapter 19. Taking ideas and turning them into beliefs. Taking the things that we know about God and the things that we know that we should do and actually turning, into, turning them into action setting up monuments to God's faithfulness, taking the story of our lives, our personalities and our experiences and our gifts and our strengths and using those to create monuments, create story that glorifies God and speaks to his faithfulness. And then last week, Pastor Eric again shared with Karate Kid um, and just this whole, this whole process of discipleship and asking some questions of 
Who are you capable of becoming? What is it that God has gifted you? What is it that God has put inside of you? What is your actual potential and how do you get there? And, and speaking of um, the, this well of living water, remember Jesus met the, the, the woman at the well and she asked, hey, would you like a drink? Or Jesus asked if, 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 uh, if he could have a drink and she says, well, where are you gonna get this, this living water from that you're talking about? And he said, I've got this never-ending water, this this." bubbling spring that I want to bring out inside of you that's going to lead to, remember what it was? What was it? Lead to eternal life. Yeah, it's only a week ago. Eternal life. Yeah. Lead to eternal life. And then this question of, all right, well, if, if we need to get there, if that's, if that's the point, if that's part of the purpose, then is Jesus your teacher? Is Jesus my teacher? Am I listening to those words of life? And so now uh, we're going to do Toy Story 3. Uh, this is a great movie, um, excellent, excellent movie, um, especially for maybe, maybe kids under seven might have, uh, it might be a little scary. I actually went and saw the, the movie with Dan and Lindsay Durnberger, and there was a number of times Lindsay just had to lean over to me and say, it's going to be okay, Dan, it's going to be okay, you're going to be all right. I made it through, it's all right, I, I, but we're going to watch the trailer for that. Um, Toy Story 3. There you go. There you go. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, it's, it's really great. For uh, Actually, when, I, when we went to see it, there were more adults in the theater than there were kids. But Toy Story 3 really just picks up right where Toy Story 2 foreshadowed. You remember at the end of Toy Story 2, um, Andy was left with the, or Woody was left with this question, you know, of, all right, you know, one day the reality will come when, when I'll be outgrown, when I'll be left behind, you know. And he just says, well, well, we'll cross that road when we get there. And so now fast forward 10 years and here, Toy Story 3, the, you know, Andy now has this, this choice to make. And there he is, all right, you know, what, what role do these things that have been such a great part of my life, such a, a way for me to express creativity and imagination and brought me so much joy. Now, now what role do they have in my life, you know? And so all of the toys have been waiting for the last number of years, you know, in the toy box. And, and the movie does a great job of kind of giving you a little emotional insights, you know, into, into the things that they're going through and their attempts to get attention <laughs> over the years. But really, that, that weighing out is, is what's happening. All right, what, what is our real value now? There's a transition, there's a season, there's a change that's coming. What, how I was defined is, is, now, is now in jeopardy. Where I found my worth is now not going to be a source for me anymore. And so uh, what happens is they end up, you know, they end up getting boxed up and, and sent to Sunnyside, you know, the eternal daycare. Um, and, and this is the place, you know, where at first they're really excited. All right, you know, no owners means not having, you know, any inhibitions. No owners means that we are the masters of our own fate and we're the captains of our own destiny. And, and here we go. We're getting played with all the time, right? Well, as you saw, <laughs> wasn't exactly wasn't exactly what they planned out. And so these dynamics at the daycare are not exactly what they expected or, or hoped for. And maybe you had a relationship like this. Um, 
And, and, and different changes come along the way. Um, Buzz uh, actually goes Latino um, and kind of, you know, he gets a little flair, um, which Jesse the cowgirl really uh, is into that. Um, but all, all along, they're all really searching, you know, for their purpose. They're, they're searching for um, a fulfillment in this new stage of life. And, and what is it now that life is going to look like? There's so many things. I actually did a little Facebook poll just try to see like what what this movie was speaking into people's lives, and people came back with things like um, being loyal. You know, Woody's loyalty to Andy. You know, was just that was that was such uh, an awesome example of friendship. You know, and then the interaction between the toys. You know, um, and and the whole hero thing that happens. You know, with Buzz and with Woody, and just this loyalty as friends. What is a true friend? Um, Things like dealing with adversity and conflict, you know, these changes in seasons. And um, obviously, it's, it's a kid's movie, you know, where uh, we got all this creativity and all this imagination that we could really tap into and talk about. But as Trace and I were talking uh, this past week, we really kind of settled on the idea of just purpose. Purpose is the running theme. Purpose is really where we need to go into with this, with this movie. What I want you, to, what I kind of want to invite you to do tonight is, is it's a kid movie. We're going to talk about, you know, some some hopefully challenging things, but at the same time, I just want to invite you to play. You've got you've got um, you've got some crayons. You've got some uh, some markers, maybe some pieces of paper. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna have a craft time a, a little bit later. Yes, for crafts. Yeah, like E three kids, um, and. But I want to just invite you just to enter into that space of, of, of childlikeness. And as, as we talk about these things, you know, creativity and imagination. And last week, as Pastor Eric was sharing, you know, he's talking about this well of living water, right? That's supposed to burst forth into eternal life. It's supposed to, to overflow our banks. It's supposed to satisfy and fulfill us, and it's supposed to actually go into and flow into the lives of the people around us. And then now, Toy Story 3 and talking about purpose, and this verse kept coming to mind um, as I was reading Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Another translation puts it this way. It says, it is a wellspring of life. Your heart is, is where your identity and your reactions flow out of. This is what you feel in your heart, the things that you're going through, the things that you, you think about yourself and the people around you, the ideas that you have about the world, all of these things that are wrapped up in your heart. This, these are things that determine the course of your life and so Woody's heart we know especially if you if you've been uh following this franchise at all Toy Story you know one was done like 15 years ago um but one two and three all very very consistent uh in just showing that Woody's purpose is really wrapped up in his loyalty to Andy it's really wrapped up in in this idea of I have an owner. His name is on the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> I, I am possessed by someone who, who loves me and, and, and who enjoys interacting with me. You know, in this, 
it produces these emotions inside of Woody that, that make him do all of these amazing things that we enjoy. But Woody's purpose is to be loyal to Andy. And, and one of the things that he's now being challenged with is as the season of life changes, all of a sudden, all right, it's been Andy and I and, and the toys and I, and, and here we are, we've been interacting for years, and now, now where am I going to find my purpose? And so what he settles into initially is this whole idea, all right, well, guess what, toys, you know, we just need to be happy with the time that we've had. And, and we still need to be available to Andy. We still need to be loyal to Andy. And whether that's going to college or whether that's going to the attic, then, then that's what we need to do. And one day, you know, this far off hope, one day we'll, we'll survive through that, we'll make it through that, and then one day Andy will have kids. And then we'll get played with again, you know. But, but we see that in his very small world, in the, in, in the way that he defined himself only through Andy's eyes, that was going to be challenged. And he was going to realize later on that his purpose wasn't exclusive to Andy. That was a season of his life. But now God was calling for us. God was calling. Uh, the analogy is, is to him to something different. And so guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. But you know what? It's great for us to, to see these movies, and, and we love to uh, have personification and to you know, take human emotions and try to wrap that up in you know, animation uh, or inanimate objects and, and really you know, um, kind of role play, and, and actually it becomes a, a form of escapism. For us, we kind of, you know, kind of process and we, and we cope and we deal in this other realm. But let's just, let's just get back to reality. Let's, let's get back to, to how we define ourselves. Let, let's get back to maybe the reality of when no one's around and it's just you and the mirror. It's just you and, and the silence when it's just you and kind of wondering, I'm wondering what, what voices do you hear? What is your heart speaking to you? What is, what, is, what, is the challenges, what are the challenges that are going on inside of you? As kids, you know, we seem to be, they seem to be really um, just caught up in the moment, reacting to whatever happens, to whatever comes their way, dealing with those things, you know, momentary, you know, being upset and, and being happy and just... But as adults, we seem to kind of outgrow that. We outgrow and we begin to move on to things, you know, where we really define ourselves. A lot of times, I think if we're honest, based on what we need. And so maybe in that silence, as we look in the mirror, as we look into our own eyes and just say, who are you? As we let our hearts speak to us, you know, a lot of times we might hear, well, you know, you, you, need, to, um, you need to lose five or 10 or 20. You, you need to stop doing this and, and, and you need to stop doing that. You need to read more. And you need to drink less. You, you need to find hope. You need to find purpose. Like you, you have ripped your arm off and stuck it in your ear. <laughs> you are missing an eye and you're wandering around in circles blindly. Like you you need to be free. Sometimes we might even say to ourselves, I, I need to be free from my own heart. 
I need to be free. I need to set my heart free to do what it was intended to do. These are hard things to wrestle with. They're much easier dealt with in a theater with 3D glasses on. <laughs> laughing laughing at, at someone else's problem and someone else's transitions and, you know, and transferring that and going, oh, yeah, I've been there. But really, you know, we, we have to ask ourselves, what is, what, is my, what is flowing out of my heart? What is determining the course of my life? As I was thinking about this, honestly, I mean, there's just a lot of times there's a lot of guilt. A lot of times there's a lot of condemnation. A lot of times the, the voices in my head, you know, are the, they're echoes of my shortcomings. It's a song of wantonness. It's a song of my need. It's It's depressing. But as I was going through some scripture, I, I found this, this little solace, this, this, this little picture of this little expression of something that God wanted to give us, this little gift wrapped up in our purpose. And, and in 1 John chapter 3, this section that I'm going to read in a minute is sandwiched directly between uh, a section where it says, all right, love God with all of your heart, you know, and, and he loves you and he's given you his spirit. And then on the back side of it is, all right, you know, be guided by his spirit and, and you are his children um, and, and live out your life for God. And then right in the middle of that is this little section where God identifies and reveals and, and lets us know that he knows the battle that we have with our hearts and in 1 John 3.20, he gives us a solace, and he says, let me just make it personal. If your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart, and he knows everything. Another translation puts it this way. It says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. But how often as, as adults, as people who have been molded and shaped and, and brainwashed by society, how often do we sit outside of that realm and go, well, you know what, I need to be independent. I need to be self-reliant. I need to be self-confident. I need to be able to accomplish these things. I just need to be stronger. And what I found as I was thinking about this was, that this is a place where children really excel. I've got three kids. Uh, my youngest is three weeks. And uh, my other two, JL, my daughter, she's five. And Elijah is three. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the way that they come to me and my wife. See, when they, when they get a boo-boo, when, when they just don't feel right, when, when JL has, you know tried on 18 different outfits and like can't find the right one and she doesn't just she just doesn't feel right about herself when when she ha, when she or he has has done something wrong and they have to be corrected there's no place that they would rather be than in the arms of one of their parents that is their salvation that is where they find their worth. That is where they find their, their, their definition. You know? And as an adult, I've outgrown that, right? Uh, and, and so when, when I'm correcting them a lot of times, you know, I'm just like, no, no, I, I know, I hear what you're saying, but you just need to listen. You just need to be obedient. 
You just need to conform. You just need to make my life peaceful, right? I mean, and what, happened, what happens is, is I have outgrown this childish, childishness. I've, I've outgrown this basic fundamental need of humanity for unconditional love, that, that, that your love for me is not tied to my performance. And so as I raise my voice with her or, or as, as I tell her, just, just pick something to put on. <laughs> Then, then what she says to me is, is, Daddy, I need you. And she just, compl- everything else shuts off, and she just says, Daddy, I need you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What you need to do is you need to listen, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Daddy, I need you. I, I need a hug, Daddy, you know. And, um, you know, God just kind of like slaps me across the face, you know, with this reality of, you know what, <laughs> I've outgrown this. I need to be a little bit more childish. I need to be, a, this is what, this is where God's heart beats. Like, this is what life is about. Not, not making my life peaceful by some facade that I build around myself. So, as I was wrestling with that and just being convicted by that, you know, I was like, you know what? They don't know any better. They don't know any better than to run to their father. They don't know any better. But we seem to know better as adults. We seem to outgrow these things. We, we know that we're called to relationship with God. We know that, that eternity has been put in our hearts. We know that we desire for salvation and redemption. We long to see these things lived out. We long to be saved, to have a hero come and, and, and rescue us but we think we know better. And here, Andy, he's, he's outgrowing his toys. Spoiler alert, um, Bo Peep and the sheep, they're already gone. Yep, so I don't know if you're expecting to see them. They're, they're already gone. I don't know if the sheep got sheared. What happened? They're, they're out of there. Um, but the rest of the toys, they're anxiously awaiting to find out, you know, what, what is their fate? What is, what, what's happening in this transition? And the Bible has a lot to speak into our lives about seasons. Specifically in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's this section of Scripture where Solomon, um, according to the Bible's definition, you know, the wisest man on earth. Um, he did a, really, a lot of really stupid things for a wise man, uh, but that, that shows you that you can possess wisdom and not use it. <laughs> okay, so that... Um, but here, as he, as he gives us, you know, these insights into seasons of change, I just wanted to read through this little section in Ecclesiastes 3. It says, for everything, there is a season. There's a time for, a, a time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh. Time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And for us, maybe there's a time for employment, and there's a time for unemployment, 
There's a time for singleness and there's a time for, for union. There's a time for holding on and a time for letting go. There's a time for removing and a time for creating. And through all of these seasons, our purpose doesn't change. You know, the scenery is going to change. The, the leaves are going to fall and the winds are going to blow and, and the sun's going to come out and things you know, are going are to heat up and maybe this, our skin gets burned and maybe the, maybe the rains come and, and wash away our hopes and our dreams and challenge the things that we believe. But all through all of that, purpose doesn't change. Why we were here never changes. And this is really where we, where we have the option, where we have the challenge to experience the reality of an infinitely imaginative God. A God of endless creativity. Do you know that there's 330 different kinds of hummingbirds? 330 different kinds of these little three or four ounce creatures who can, who can beat their wings up to 200 times a second and fly up to 60 miles an hour. God just desired to just say, one, wasn't, one kind wasn't enough. Let me make all of these different, all of these different colors and all of these different, you know, expressions of this awesome creature. Do you know that within your body there are over 100,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries flowing and running and and providing life-building, life-growing, providing a life-growing fluid to all of the different parts of your body that God created knowing that you needed those things. I had a guy uh, that I grew up with in school. His name was Matt Cheshire. And, um, and he had discovered that there was a capillary in his nose that was really close to the surface. And so there'd be these times in class where he'd just get a little bit bored and he'd just lean over and he'd just be like, hey, watch this. And, you know. and all of a sudden, his nose would just start like gushing blood everywhere. You know, Hey, I need to be excused. I'm a- I got this, this issue, I got this flow of blood. And I, I was like, what, what an awesome, like, childlike expression of creativity, you know? Just to, like, mold and shape the world that you live in and just be like, I'm in control. I, 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 I've got this gift from God right here, you know? But how many of us, you know, fast forward 20 years, how many of us, you know, sitting in our cubicle, at work, you know, just be like, oh, there's just nothing to do. I'm just bored, you know. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I got I to go to urgent care. I got this issue, you know. How many of us adults, like, that would actually be an option, you know? <laughs> to be able to express that creativity. You going to try this week? Okay. <laughs> and so what we find is, you know, it takes the faith of a child. It takes, it takes this childlike creativity and imagination to really bring out the truth of how God wants to live, us to live our lives. To be able to trust God enough to let him work his creativity into our lives. Whatever the, whatever the season, whatever the things that we go through. And we like to trust what we know about God as adults. I mean, right? I mean, I know, I know what God 
thinks and I know what he says and I know what, he, what he's going to do and I know what he's not going to do, so I'm not even going to ask him for that, you know. And yet what he, what he tells us is I love you unconditionally. I want to ex- provide exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or desire. I have endless, infinite imagination and creativity. He asks us to engage our hearts with faith in what we don't see, what we don't understand, what we can't comprehend, because he is the God of the infinite, endless imagination. He loves us because he delights to give. And he created us so that we could know and experience him. The danger for us as adults is that we can truly outgrow God. We can go through our lives and we can seek to provide our own answers for the different situations, the different seasons that we flow into. And what we find is that, is that again, it's that question of the heart of, of who is reflecting back to us. The seasons change, and so, you know, Woody is there, and all right, Andy has been where, where my definition has been. His, his name is written on my boot, and I am his, but now, what's my purpose? What's being, what's being reflected back to me? And these are the places where God really steps in and says, I'm enough. We find ourselves in this season of life where where we outgrow everything tangible. We move through life and things don't fit anymore and things rust and, and, or they mold or, the, or they break or they get stolen. And we try to fix it without God's guidance and we, we find out that well, all we're doing is, is we're tinkering. All we're doing is, is tampering with His design. And so what we want to do is, you know, there's, there's some beads and some string on your table, I want to invite you to, we're going to, we're going to go through a few different points of, all right, how can, we, how can we act like a child? What you do is create many, I, I was, actually, I, I had originally seen it as, hey, make a bracelet. But as the day has gone on, like people have made rings and bracelets and necklaces and anklets. And I, I saw a few people make like um, keychains. And I'm like, man, creativity, it's awesome, it's wonderful. So what we're going to do is go through uh, about five different points here, actually six. So bead number one, point number one, how to act like a child, call God daddy. Call God daddy. And this is something that Jesus himself exemplified for us. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane where, where he's facing the cross, where he's facing his final hours and in that moment, in that place of, of getting ready to face suffering, in that, in, the, in, that, in that cup of suffering, as he, as he called it, he cries out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, this is your son. I, I, I need you. I, I would really like for you to, to remove this season of my life. But nevertheless, I know that my purpose hasn't changed, and so your will be done, not mine. Daddy. We get these other pictures through the writings of Paul in Romans and Galatians. In Romans, um, Paul says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, Daddy. 
for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And in Galatians it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, and God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, Daddy. When was the last time that you went to God as, as Daddy? When was the last time that, that you sat in his arms and experienced his unconditional love and you said, God, I just, I just need you. I know you want to correct me and I know that you want to mold me and shape me and I know that you want to encourage me, but right now, God, I just need you. I just need to know that, that you love me and I need, to, I need to reaffirm this belief and this truth and, the, and this hope that I have and this knowledge that I have that, that your love is not dependent upon my performance. I need you, Daddy. Be number two, be yourself. There's only one you. There, there, is, there is only one expression of you that God has ordained, that God has designed in your personality, in your strengths, in your gifts, in your experiences, in the different seasons of life that he has allowed you to go through. There's only one you. And if you are not true to that, if you are not you, then you will never be lived out. You will never be experienced. The way that God designed you will never come forth. I was thinking about this. I, I, I just had this verse in, in, uh, in Genesis that popped into my mind where, where God created Adam and, Adam and Eve. And it says, um, the man and, the, and his wife were both naked, um, but they felt no shame. They were absolutely comfortable in their own skin. This is the way that God made us. You know, we're not going to get that comfortable tonight, but... Um, <laughs> But feel free to do that in the privacy of your own, of your own home with, with, your, with your blinds drawn um, and your children's eyes covered if you have any. Um, but be yourself. Be yourself. When you, when you look in the mirror and when, and when you ask what defines me and when you're when you faced with those, that neediness that your heart is going to scream and echo in your mind, then just, just look at the bottom of your shoe and go, there's my owner's name. Look and understand from his word that you were created in his image. That's a beautiful thing. And also, another, another bead, another point, study creation. In Romans, it tells us that ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything that God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Study creation. Look and observe the world around you and, and see where God has, has shown his endless creativity. Look at the, at the way that he has solved the world's problems. Look at the cycle of life and all of the little things like the dung beetles of the world that God has, has orchestrated to clean up other people's messes. Wow. He is active. He didn't just wind it up and let it go, but he has created a system and he himself sustains it by the word of his power. Read Colossians 3, you'll find out a little bit more about that. The next bead, 
exercise creativity. One of the greatest gifts that God has given each and every one of us is the ability to engage and shape the world around us. Some of us do this through our work. Some of us do this uh, through our hobbies. Hopefully, we all do it through our attitudes and through our relationships. God gives us a lot of of instruction in his word uh, as to how to help shape the world around us. He created everything from nothing, but he asked us to create by molding and shaping the world around us as stewards of his grace and his mercy. Exercise creativity. The next one, drink the Kool-Aid. You got to drink the Kool-Aid. And what I mean by that is, is you have to listen to the Father's wisdom. If you read, if you read Proverbs chapter 4, then you'll, you'll see this, this cry of a father to his children. It says, my children, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways. I will lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back, and when you run, you won't stumble. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. You got to drink the Kool-Aid. You have to come to God and say, God, I am thirsty for wisdom. God, I am thirsty for you to give me instruction. I understand that you are the one who has the well of living water, and I want to drink. The last one, play joyfully. Play joyfully. This is one of those things that God over and over again in his word encourages us. Rejoice always, 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. In his word in in Psalm, he says, Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They exalt in your righteousness. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. You are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Play joyfully. Engage the world around you with a spirit of mystery, with an intrigue about where God is working and where he is showing his will in the world. The purpose of our lives is to live out the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, to be free and to be unleashed, to be fully human. And have the worship band come back up and we're going we're gonna to sing this song again, um, I'm free. I want you to ask yourselves a question. I want you to ask yourself to, all right, God, am I willing to let you work in me and, and overcome the things that my heart would say? The things, am I, am I willing to let you work in my life and overcome the way that, that my mind and my heart is defining me, the way that the people around me are defining me? And, I, and am I willing to, to let you bring forth your purpose in my life, regardless of what the season brings? I just want to go ahead and, and pray for us, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll enter into some worship. Father, thank you so much that your name is, is written upon us, that you have called us your children, that you desire a relationship with us. And Lord, I just ask you that, you that you bring forth in our minds, in our hearts right now, a security and, and a peace and a joy as, just to be able to walk right into your arms. And in whatever measure of faith, wherever we're at in our, in our understanding of you, just to be able to express with hope 
that your word is true. Lord, I want to be free. I want to be set free by your son. And just to cry out that to you. And Lord, I pray that you just do that work in our hearts and our minds and give us the courage to believe that your love is enough to shape and mold and give us the pathway to eternal life. In Jesus' name. Thank you.